it's Dusty from the Lead Balloon Podcast, the show where we talk to communications professionals at global brands and recreate stories of the lessons they've learned in do-or-die professional situations. And we're between seasons right now, returning in 2023 with more high-stakes tales from the worlds of marketing and PR, but I have something of a personal milestone that I'm celebrating. 20 years ago this fall, I got my first job in radio. So for 20 years, first in radio, then in PR and marketing, now in podcasting, 20 years, I've been behind a microphone and it seemed like I probably shouldn't let that pass without recognizing it with an old friend. So Mr. Scott Thompson, Scott is the co-owner of Big Radio in my hometown of Monroe, Wisconsin, with stations in Janesville, Beloit, and Freeport, Illinois. Scott's a radio host and attorney, and he's also the guy who offered me my first job in radio at the tender age of 17. As a podcast producer and content marketer today, I talk all the time about knowing your audience, not just being relevant to them, but serving your audience and putting your audience first. These are lessons that I first learned working my after-school job at WEKZ for Scott, and so it's so great to get to revisit these and other life lessons with Scott Thompson. Scott, how the heck are you? It is so good to see you. It's good to see you, and and Dusty, I'm just I'm just really happy with your success. You know, I I, I was uh, off the charts. I remember back in the day when you were in Miami and uh, you were on uh, headline news with Nancy Grace and all. Oh that stuff. God, getting yelled at by Nancy yeah, Grace. Straight oh, out to Dustin oh. Weiss, a reporter with WIOD. Dustin, the very latest from your vantage point, joining us from Florida. Nancy, so much of this case right now rides on identifying who it is that can be heard crying out for help in that 911 recording. It was a call made by... But you know, I I could tell that uh, you were just one of those guys that were going to make it good. So it was fun to get you on board at just 17 years old. And uh, I tell you what, I, I can remember back in the day, you would always say yes to just about anything we asked you to do and you didn't question it and you just did it. Well, I think that was one of the really strong things about the way that you ran your organization back then. And certainly something that I want to talk to you about now. When I started at 17 years old, I think the most valuable thing that I needed then was a career path. I had energy, I had enthusiasm, but I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And so getting to work with the professionals at WEKZ, it it set me on a path. It built up a resume. It helped me fall in love with audio, with media and storytelling in a way that frankly has come to define my life in a lot of ways. So when I called your law office in 2002 and asked for basically an unsolicited job interview, you were a busy guy. You were working two full-time jobs, one as an attorney, one as a radio show host and owner of a radio group. And you didn't owe me the time of day. What made you even want to meet with some long-haired 17-year-old punk wearing the suit that he bought for prom? Well, you know, that that was great. Uh, and, you know, your hairstyle has changed considerably. By the <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, anybody who takes the initiative like that, you know uh, they're a self-starter. And, you know, that that's the kind of thing that I pride myself on. We've had several high school kids who have come on board and if they take the initiative, uh, come in, because I think I probably made you come into the law firm with an interview, right? So it was Ethan Blue who actually turned me on to the opportunity. Ethan was a year ahead of me in high school, and he had worked in your office and on your radio station for a year working after school. 
and he was graduating. And I asked him at school, I'm like, who's going to get your job when you go off to college? And he's like, well, here's what you got to do. You got to call Scott's law office, make an appointment, go in and introduce yourself. And essentially, if he's in a generous mood, he will interview you on the spot for the job. And so, but for that little nudge from Ethan right there, but again, then you having the patience to like hear me out when I walked in, just, I was a fish out of water from the start. Hit Radio Q102. Happy midnight, everybody, and welcome to the Q102 Midnight Mess. I'm your host, Dusty Weiss, and I urge you now to sit back and relax for an hour of the best local talent, punk, metal, and ska this side of the Canadian border. I didn't have any experience. I was working at the Pizza Hut, Scott. I was working at the Pizza Hut. Well, I tell you what, you know, I, I kind of get, I, I'm a farm kid. My dad was a farmer until I was 18. I didn't like it and got off, got off the farm as soon as I could. But, you know, one, one of his sayings was, you know, if I didn't know how to do something, he would always say, well, you're not going to learn any younger. You just had to do it. Weiss is a reporter for CBS News. And I believe he is at the Capitol now. Dustin, this is John Williams. You're back again on WCCO. How are you? Well, John, I'd love to give you an update on what it is the Assembly is doing in there. But as of right now, members of the media and indeed Assembly representatives are being barred access to the Capitol. And if you'll hold on with me, John, uh, State Representative has just opened a window to the member of the media. I need to go through there. Hold on with me just one second. Thanks. You're climbing in through a window. I'm climbing in through a window of the Capitol. Thank you, guys. You don't know who you got in. Jackie, come on through. Right through here. I believe she just said, you don't know how you just got in here. But it is, you know, it's important in a little community like ours. You know, you talk about storytelling and you, you talk about, you know, news, weather, obituaries, sports. As Miami spent the first two and a half quarters battling back from a 17-point Thunder lead. Then with five minutes left, LeBron James goes down with painful leg cramps and has to be carried off the court grimacing. The muscles basically just lock up on you. I wanted to walk to the bench, but my legs wouldn't allow me. Fans' prayers are answered as James slumps back onto the court and hits a momentum-stealing three. Mario Chalmers delivers a surprising 25-point performance to fill in the gaps and lift the Heat to a 104-98 win, a three games to one lead in the series, and the chance to win it all tomorrow night at the AAA. Dustin Weiss, News Radio 610 WIOD. All of the things, all the local stuff that we still do, uh, back then I only had two stations and now we have ten, but, uh, you know, being part of the community is, is just so important and anybody can do that. And I know I probably put you in several situations where you maybe were a little bit uncomfortable, but you act, you know, you just did it and wouldn't ask any questions. And we, we put a lot of confidence in, in people to say, hey, go ahead and do it. And, uh, you know, you're not going to learn any younger. I look at the responsibilities that you gave to not just me. I mean, I recognized that I had this 20th anniversary of sorts when I saw a Facebook post from Eric Kienenfeld, another one of the young guns that cohabited the office with me. He came on right around the same time. And Tyler Reese was another one. Dan Whaley, uh, your own son, Ben. And all of these folks have gone on to have great careers in broadcast. Other young folks like Ethan Blue, Joe Brogy, who pursued other fields, but they built up a lot of important professional experience there. Now that I'm older, I've got my own business. I, I recognize that it could be kind of a hassle to have young people on staff. Why go to that effort? Well, I don't know. I, it, it, um, you know, we, we talk a lot, Ben and I, my son Ben now is, is a CEO of the operation now. And he, he went off to DePaul, uh, it, it went to college in Chicago. 
and then worked four years for a hedge fund in Chicago. We kind of decided and said, hey, do you want to come back to the operation? Because I was expanding over into Janesville Beloit. It was getting a little bit too much for me to do, you know, both the law and also the the radio side. So uh, he came back. But when you show initiative, uh, you get the job done, it, it'll work. We just have confidence in in folks that it will work out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Joe Brogy, you mentioned him. I remember driving around town and and he was doing, you've heard this story and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the Notorious story. story. Notorious. And Joe, Joe still loves to tell it too. I'm driving around, it's just before cheese days and he's doing the obituaries and it's a serious part of the show, you know, a part One of the One of the news. most listened to features on the new news at WEKC. It's still is absolutely it's very well listened to yet and uh, all of a sudden joe Brogi, who's only 17 at the time trying to be funny says and now for the people who won't be making it to cheese days <laughs> you know at the time i thought oh, oh, oh that is funny <laughs> you know i've said many stupid things in my life i continue to say stupid things on a regular basis but this probably has to take the cake i mean there's nothing i could do it was done you know it's on the radio oh, out you know and so I, I didn't drive out to the station. I, I waited a day or two to cool off a little bit and, and told Joe, Joe, I understand you were trying to be funny. But, you know, the problem is, is that it was very serious. And because I got a couple calls from people who were offended by that. Oh, oh, I bet it was but, more than a couple. <laughs> well, it was. But, you know, when I explain to people and we still have a couple people on staff who are who are younger. And I explain to them the situation oftentimes and say, you know what, these folks are really good. They're, they're good most of the time. And it's live radio. What are you going to do? I Not that I, I've talked to them and I explained to them the situation. Everybody pretty much understands that it's it's one of those situations. And they, they were, in fact, you know, part of my law practice is on that obituary side, I do trust in the States. A couple of those people were clients, oh, no. you know, family. And so I had to, you know, ex- explain my way on that. So I didn't lose them as a client at the law firm, but it, it, it worked out and it would be, it's fine. And so it, it's, it all comes out in the wash and it was okay. Well, and that brings up another leadership principle that I've always admired about you. And that is finding the balance between grace, forgiveness, and understanding, but also consequences. Now, I made more than my share of mistakes on your dime as well, whether it was leaving the system in manual overnight and broadcasting eight hours of dead air or uh, the time that I might have uh, overslept and uh, slept through a 530 a.m. news shift. I don't think you found out about that one. I think Don Jacobson covered for me on that. Well, I remember the time that I I was in Wausau and uh, I was signing on the radio station there. Now radio stations are on 24-7. We don't sign off anymore. We just stay on the air. But uh, I was signing on. Well, I, I had a clock radio next to me and you could either have the alarm wake you up or the radio. Well, my mistake is, is that I had the radio turned to the station I was going to be signing on. And I had, instead of the alarm to wake me up, it was the radio to wake me up. The radio, which was broadcasting nothing at the time. Because I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I uh, you know, I, I, I overslept. But, you know, people make mistakes. And, and I, I do remember Ben telling me a couple of times he was not happy with me where... I was harder on him than anybody else. I was pretty hard-nosed with him. I did never wanted him to be the boss's kid. That didn't work with me. Um, I didn't want him to be above anything. Right. He, had to, he had to empty garbage. He had to do whatever he had to do, he had to do, just like everybody else. It's part of the character building, and, and it's part of the process of learning. And, and I'll say this, that one time that I overslept because I was out 
late doing what 19-year-old kids do. Don, when I rolled into the office late that morning, and may he rest in peace, what a heck of a guy Don Jacobson was, looks at me over his cup of coffee as I walk in, and he says, there's some stories waiting on the keyboard for you to record. Got to go on air in a few minutes here, so you're going to want to get those done real quick. And I'll tell you this just once. At any other radio station, this would be your last time walking through those doors. Here you get a second chance, but you only get one. Don't make that mistake again. And true to Don's chastisement, that was the last time I ever overslept for work. Doesn't matter if you're setting five alarms to make sure that you get there. When you're told by someone that's been in the business for 40, 45 years like Don was that you don't make that mistake, you don't make that mistake again. And I think that's another thing that really sticks with me about the experience of working for you at the Chalet and the Valley is that the other employees at the radio station never treated us young folks like we were kids. The expectation was you're here to learn, sure, but you're here to work first and foremost. And so, like you said, we were asked to do all kinds of things, engineer live sports, send out severe weather alerts when there were tornadoes bearing down on communities in the state line area, power down that transmitter at night. And we were entrusted with serious responsibilities. I got to work in a newsroom with Don Jacobson, with Chuck Polis, with Patty Adamson, who had between them probably almost 100 years of news experience alone. And that experience helped me grow and advance much more quickly than I would have in any other kind of internship. But that that sort of mentality that treat these young people as an equal thing, that's something that comes from the top down. Well, and one of the things, you know, when you talk about internship, but, you know, the other thing, we have always paid people. We don't do internships. We Yes. Oh, my gosh. How could I leave that part out? Everybody on staff was paid because labor isn't something that you just expect for free in exchange for experience. Right. And I and I think that, you know, the, the building the character, part of me having the responsibility, I, I tell this story, I don't tell it often, but when you, when you talk about that in terms of later in life, how it how it helps you. Well, I told you I, we run a farm and my dad, it was in the day when you had a cultivator that you pulled behind a tractor and that would be that would weed between the rows of corn after it was, you know, probably a month or two in the in the field. Instead of insecticide, we would actually pull a cultivator and would weed between the rows Yeah, because you could tear up the corn. You know, you could ruin the field. Well, I probably I was no older than 13 years old. I was doing the cultivating. And I think I think about that and go, whoa, whoa, what kind of responsibility was that? That we're talking about thousands of dollars that you have a 13 year old kid. So maybe that part of being raised on a farm as well says, you know, again, back to you ain't gonna learn any younger. And, you know, I got other things to do and let's just do it and it'll be fine. Well, I, I mean, and, and and there's something about it that uh, at, at the end of the day, there are a lot of people that worked for you that are now out in the business. I look at the radio business right now, particularly uh, some of the big operations that are out there. You know them. We've talked about them before. iHeart, Odyssey, all of these, these big multinational companies that have mortgaged the future for piddling short-term gains. And your company has grown during this time from two stations to 10, but you've kept your focus local. Why is that? 
Well, you know, uh, radio is not a darling of the uh, of Wall Street, and I, I think it should be. But the problem is, is that those big companies are do I, in my opinion, are doing it wrong. Uh, they're they're nothing more than Spotify or Pandora. Anybody can play music. Not every, not everybody can do local news seven days a week. Not every we still do. Uh, we have twelve basketball games this week on our ten radio stations. Uh, we oftentimes uh, will have nine out of our ten stations on a Friday night do a high school football game. But you know that's the kind of thing that I think will continue to be needed in the future by people. Uh, I also think that that local information that you can't get anywhere else. The other thing is is that with this pandemic, people are lonely. There is an epidemic of loneliness and radio, the way we do it, we're friends. We talk to people. We are doing better than we ever have. We're beyond pre-pandemic. We're, we're doing better than 2019. Not all radio stations. I just saw uh, when one of the Radio Inc. things, uh, only 20% of radio stations are profitable. Yeah, but Scott, well, iHeart says you can't make it with locally staffed radio stations and you have to spoke in hub you have to concentrate your staff in major urban areas and have them put their voices on 15 or 20 radio stations scattered throughout the region they say it's not sustainable otherwise well yeah we have 90 people working for us now uh now by the way those 10 stations back in the day they probably would have employed not 90 people but more like 200 or 300 people so we still have some I hate the word synergy, uh, but we still have the ability to do what we call voice tracking and we can reuse people on different stations. So we're not perfect that way. We are not live 24-7 on all 10 stations. We do need some economy. It just doesn't work any other way. But I I just saw uh, Sirius XM, who I call cable radio. They uh, have 5,600 employees and they're reducing their employees. And I looked at their balance sheet because I thought, okay, 5,600 employees. Well, that sounds like quite a bit, you know, really on, the, on their stations. Well, they bill $8 billion per year with a B. $8 billion. It's a drop in the bucket. employees. All right. I did. We, we're going to maybe come. We are going to be close to. We are $8 million, All right. So when you take the three commas away. Instead of 5,600, that would be like us having in a for 8 million, 5.6 employees on staff. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I can't, I, you know, and you know, you hear there, you hear if you ever listen to them, they have people all over the place read, you know, voice tracking and doing whatever. And it all sounds exactly the same. And none of it is locally relevant. And what I've always admired about your business model is it harkens back to radio as a public service. You guys still care about the public. You're still putting the public first and you're still doing them a service. And that is why your stations and your business model will always remain viable. I say this and I believe it. It's true. Is that we don't do radio to make money. We make money to do radio. That's what we do. Our first station to come on the air is WCLO in Janesville. That popped on the air in 1925. Oh, what a piece Uh, of history. Oh, huge. And uh, so it's going to be 100 years here. But, you know, it survived TV. It has survived uh, the Internet. It's a farmer mentality, I think. You're looking 10 years into the future when everybody is looking at what they've got on their plate today. And it's just it's awesome to hear. But I do have to ask you, you know, 
with your background on the farm, then having worked in radio for a little while, then gone off to law school, established a practice, and then being almost beckoned back by the irresistible call of radio, Scott, when you bought into the first two radio stations that you co-owned, was it 96? 1996, yeah. 1996. When you bought in, what was the piece of advice that you wish that you had gotten when you were starting out as a business owner? Oh, boy. I thought I knew what I knew then that it was going to be a piece of cake. But I tell you what, I, I was not qualified to buy the stations at that time. I I thought I knew what I knew, but I but I didn't. You know, easy to say, but it, it's true. The employees that we've had, we only had six employees at the time when, when I bought the radio stations, and now we're up to 90. That is the key component to what we do because, uh, you know, Ben and I can't do it, uh, but we have to rely on everybody else. So I think it's, it's just take care of your employees. And uh, when we went through the pandemic and we were scared that we weren't going to be able to make payroll, we didn't lay off anybody. We kept everybody on because we knew that the radio was becoming more important in that period of time than ever. Obviously, the business grows, continues to grow now under Ben's leadership as well as your own. But I've got to ask, what's next for Big Radio, Scott? And what about you? What do you have on your horizon? Well, you know, I'm, I'm gone about five months out of the year now. Uh, so I get away that way. And uh, I have great, you know, Ben uh, does the show quite a bit when I'm gone. What's on our plate is, is we just want to do radio better. Um, we've been people we've shopped uh, in terms of additional radio stations. And there have been some good deals of, of radio stations, actually. But they've been too far away from us. We want to be able to hear our stations and take care of our employees. And so, yeah, it would have been an opportunity to add. We probably could be up to 15 stations, maybe 20 stations by now. It's not in our game plan. And we're kind of in this little sweet spot here that we have really no competition in the radio side of things. So we just want to do our 10 stations better. I just had a production meeting with our staff over in Janesville. And I said, guys and gals, I want you to to say something when you talk. I want you to talk about the music. I want you to talk about the artist. I want you to talk about the song author. We're not in the radio business. We're in the entertainment business. That's what we do. And that's the way we'll remain relevant. Well, Scott, as I mark 20 years behind a microphone here, and they have been a rewarding 20 years filled with exactly the kind of adventures that a small town kid from Wisconsin dreams about. I'm just, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude for the opportunities that I've been afforded. Certainly none of it would have been possible without that first opportunity, the first person who took a chance on me. And and of course, all the other folks in your employee who were so generous with their experience and mentorship as well. We certainly talked about Don, um, Chuck and Patty. Let's talk about Dan Bloom, Sherry Gibson, Wyatt Herman, Don Wertz on the sports desk. Back in sales, Gary, Kent, Jeannie, John. uh, and, And now I'm worried that I'm leaving somebody out. But they were just, they were all so gracious and so kind, so unbelievable understanding with these young kids, these 17-year-olds like me, who now get to say that they have a dozen professional mentors, and that was before I even graduated high school. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for your enthusiasm and your leadership. Spinning classic rock hits on Q102 and the overnight shift, um, bar time especially, still the best job that I ever had. Uh, That radio station, that radio family will always be my audio home. And Thanks, of course, Scott Thompson from Big Radio in Monroe, Wisconsin, for chatting with me today. Thank you very much. 
As I said earlier, Lead Balloon will be back with new episodes in 2023. Visit podcampmedia.com slash leadballoon to sign up for our email newsletter. And in the meantime, check out our back catalog of classic episodes like the Dukakis 88 presidential campaign, the Squatty Potty viral video, and the time I almost got fired from my job at City Hall. I'm Dusty Weiss. Please do enjoy your holidays, and we'll talk to you soon in the next season of Let Balloon. Let Balloon.